Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the Broad Experience, the show about women, the workplace, and success. I'm Ashley Milne-Tite. This week, the start of an occasional series I'm calling Tips for Success. We all define success differently, but I think most of us would agree we don't hear enough from regular women who've done well professionally, one way or another. Now I'm in the position of working for myself, I'm even more eager to hear advice and best practices from smart, thoughtful women who've made strides in the workplace. I can't imagine running a company, but I am fascinated to hear from women who do, particularly when they're as relatable as my guest today. The vast majority of CEOs are white men. Monique Nelson is neither. She's the CEO of multicultural advertising agency Uniworld Group, based in Brooklyn, New York. She's in her late 30s and she was born and brought up in Brooklyn, a much-loved only child. She says her mother could tell right from when she was little that she'd be running something one day. Some of her confidence comes from her parents, I'm sure, but attending the High School for Performing Arts may have helped as well. For those of you of a certain age, yes, that's the high school where fame was set. What I enjoyed so much about talking to Monique is that she's really candid. I don't have a lot of experience hanging out with heads of companies, but I doubt that many CEOs would give the advice Monique does. Make mistakes. I make them all the time. (laughs) Um, Every day, I try to limit them as much as I can. Um, But I find that I learn much more from my mistakes than I do from, you know, my successes. And, you know, there's nothing like doing something and fixing it, you know, as you um, as you go on. And the type of work we do, it's not, you know, it's not scientific. It's a lot of creativity. Uh, It's a lot of, you know, trial and error. And, uh, and I don't think you can be afraid to make a mistake in, in, in my line of business in particular. Um, and as a leader, I think it's really important because if you get too caught up in perfection, um, I think you miss excellence. And it's interesting because, I, I mean, I like that because I don't think people hear, and certainly women do sure. not hear that enough. We're, we're too busy trying to be perfect. Right. Yeah, perfection is, is a really great aspiration, um, and I'm not going to tell you that I don't spend every day trying to be perfect, um, but uh, that's, a hard, that's a hard, hard thing to do, and ultimately, if you know that you're going to strive for perfection, um, that next level uh, ain't bad. Also, she says, don't get despondent when things just don't seem to be going your way. I think a lot of women, myself included, are inclined to take setbacks to heart. Keep going. There's always something else. You never know what's around that corner. Um, you know, I, the old adage of what, when a door closes, a window opens. Um, I find that uh, in, a, in an odd way, I find people blocking their blessings. They don't necessarily know that it's not for you. You know, I, I know that feeling of want. I was watching something um, on TV, and this young lady didn't get into the school of her, you know, of her dreams. Right? I don't know if it's Stanford or Harvard, one of them. And I felt so bad for her because she couldn't even see past that she probably was going to get into somewhere else that's going to be amazing for her. And she was so 
devastated, you know, that she couldn't even, you know, she couldn't even get her mind around, okay, it's not for me and I'm going to make the best of where I am, you know, getting in. It's like, listen, that's, that's not the end of the road. You know, I couldn't have charted this path for myself, even if I tried. I mean, there are nights where I definitely go, how did I get here? Um, but I got here because I just one step in front of the other. I knew what I wanted, but I didn't necessarily know where it was coming from. And I just kept working hard, kept making my, you know, my wishes known and, um, and getting better. And ultimately, I, you know, I arrived at an opportunity that I could capitalize on. And, um, and it clearly was for me. Note what she says about making her wishes known. This is one of the most important aspects of getting what you want career-wise, according to Monique. You can't expect people to read your mind. Also, though, Monique knew what she wanted. She knew she wanted to get to the top, to be in charge. She says sometimes she's asked an employee what they want, and they've gone blank. But if you can't articulate it to yourself, she says, you can't expect your boss to know what to do with you. Monique got to be where she is today after many years at Motorola, the mobile phone company. But she didn't spend all that time climbing a career ladder. At one point, she moved on to a rather untraditional ledge. She made a sideways move to become a senior colleague's executive assistant. We talked through kind of what I saw myself doing in the future, and I wanted to, you know, be a leader. I knew that early on and, you know, didn't know if I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I definitely knew that I wanted to, you know, be a boss <laughs> in, in kind of, you know, layman's terms. Uh, and he said, well, if that's really what you want to do, um, I would offer you an opportunity to work with me, you know, as an executive assistant, and you could shadow me and uh, we could work together. And, uh, and I, I took it. A lot of people thought I was crazy to take it because, you know, ultimately they felt like it was a step back. Um, I thought it was an opportunity to see something that I would never be able to see up close any other way. Um, and he really granted me access to to a world that even today um, I take with me um, just about everywhere. Just having understanding what that C-suite talks about, what they discuss, what's important um, to the building of a company, and certainly a company as large as Motorola, uh, really um, was quite an eye-opening experience. Mm. What about that? I'm just going to play devil's advocate for a minute, because sure. we do live in a very fast-paced culture here sure. in the U.S., and particularly in New York, where we're speaking. Mm-hmm. You, you're going to have people pe- people who may think about doing a, some kind of a lateral move. Mm-hmm. You know you're going to be judged. Sure. You know that, like, what happened to you, people thought you were crazy. Right. And that pressure can be kind of tough for pe- some people to withstand. You sure. know, they, they start to doubt themselves, have I done the right thing? Wow. Yes, of course. Uh, I think you've got to be sure of yourself. Um, I didn't know what I was doing when I took the job. I, I mean, that would be... I'd, I'd be crazy if I told you, yes, I'd be a CEO within 10 years of taking that job. No, that it was, it was my gut. Um, it was talking to people that I really trusted. Um, and honestly, the guy that offered me the job, I just, we held, I, I held him to everything he offered. You know, it was carte blanche. It was having access. It was being unfettered. It was being able to get everything out of it that I absolutely could. And he kept his promise and so did I. Um, so, you know, I went in with some pretty clear goals as to what I wanted to achieve in the time that I was with him. And um, when you make that choice, you must be really clear. I wouldn't take it under advisement to do it frivolously. I think you have to be really thoughtful about what that means to you and what that means for your long-term goals. 
And I think you said that he also held your feet to the fire. Absolutely. Yeah, no, he was very demanding. It was, you know, he was not an easy guy to work for. And uh, he made sure that, you know, when I asked for something, boy, did I get it. And um, he was demanding and I was just as challenging and it ended up being a wonderful partnership. Um, but yeah, it goes both ways. And he, he was already in the position of being your mentor, right? Before yes. you stepped into this position. Yes, he was. Okay. Yes, he was. And then ended up being my sponsor at the, at, the end of, at the end of the day. Ended up really enabling my career beyond that. Right, yeah, because sometimes for, for people, I think the difference between mentor and sponsor is a bit of a gray area. They don't really know what the difference is. Absolutely, yeah. A mentor is definitely someone that you can go to and ask for advice and, you know, what should I do and how should I react? A sponsor is actually someone that can make things happen for you. Um, and he actually morphed more into my sponsor in my, my later years um, working in, at Motorola. The boss in question was a white guy from New Jersey, but he wasn't her only mentor over the years. She had many of different sexes and races. She says the most important thing in a mentor is that they're trustworthy and really honest with you. At this point, I wanted to talk about race. Some of you will have heard the show I did on Sheryl Sandberg's book Lean In back in the spring. It was really fun. There were six women debating the book. And one of my guests pointed out that Lean In speaks about women as if they were one block. It doesn't make any allowances for the fact that if you're a non-white woman, you often have to deal with additional issues of perception or even hostility in the workplace that white women don't have to put up with. And I wondered if you had come across any racism, overt or not, in your career and how you've managed it. Um, all the time. I mean, I, everywhere I go, there I am. Um, I've been called a twofer, you know, so that means, you know, both, both female and black, so I get to check two boxes. Um, and I've always taken it as a positive. Uh, I think who I am is really important to everything that I bring. Um, and my diverse background uh, means everything to me. And um, sure, there are certain situations where it is seen as a negative or seen as, you know, being prejudged. And I go into a lot of situations knowing that. Um, and I don't, I don't run away from it. And I ultimately know it's, it's part of who make, what makes me special um, and makes me important. And, uh, and I think it's something that you have to take pride in, um, no matter how people feel. I mean, you know, right now we're, we're living in, you know, the dramatic, dramatic world of Cheerios right now <laughs> and, um, you know, all sorts of really crazy things, you know, McCain's son, you know, marrying a black woman and that's a problem, you know, and we're in 2013. I mean, hopefully at some point that's not a conversation, but while it is, I think it's something that I kind of take on head on, um, and, and move through it hopefully with grace and ultimately with really great work. For anyone who didn't get those references, a few months ago, the breakfast cereal Cheerios released a TV ad featuring a mixed-race family. A lot of online racist invective was one of the results, although the outcry against the outcry may ultimately have been stronger. And the McCain she's talking about is Arizona Senator and former presidential candidate John McCain and his son's recent marriage. Monique works in an industry, advertising, whose ranks are notoriously thin when it comes to minorities. This in a country where non-white Americans are projected to be the majority of the population in a few decades. Oh, and it's not exactly bursting with women in senior roles either. Well, I mean, the one thing that I, I, I think is really interesting about this industry, as much as we reflect the consumer uh, for advertising to be, you know, have a lack of diversity is such an oxymoron to me. I think it's just bizarre because we should reflect um, the people that we're talking to. Um, you know, shameless plug for Uniroyal Group, but I mean, the one thing I love about my, my agency is that we are diverse. 
Um, we really do reflect the people that we, we talk to and that we tell our clients about. And I think that's huge. Um, but yeah, Madison Avenue has a long way to go um, with respect to not only female, but you know, diversity in its truest form. So my dream would be we really do reflect you know, especially here in the U.S., we, re- we reflect the American, you know, experience, um, which is, you know, not white and male um, dominantly. <laughs> um, and that would just be a tremendous help. But I think it's going to be, you know, kind of a slow move. I think everyone's going to have to really embrace that. Uh, that also means you don't necessarily have agency in your background. Uh, I started my career in Green Bay, Wisconsin as a sales and marketing rep at a paper mill, you know, in a really tiny town called Kakana. Um, and, uh, you know, there weren't a whole lot of me walking around and that was okay. Just because no one looks like you doesn't mean you can't have a great experience. As you'll have gathered by now, Monique isn't one to let dodgy people or episodes derail her. We ended up talking about women's tendency not to toot our own horns, or at least most women's tendency. I've always been a big mouth, so <laughs> that was never my problem. But um, yeah, but we tend to do a, a really great job of, you know, keeping our heads down, working really hard and, and expecting someone to just pay attention. And um, shame on us, if, especially if you're doing good work and you don't have to be shameless about it, but you absolutely um, deserve to tell somebody about it. And, uh, How, can you give an example? Because I know people sure. are going to go, but I just don't feel comfortable. Because it's so ingrained oh in us to be, the whole modesty thing is just huge with women. Well, one, um, I say write it down. I mean, the first thing to do is when you have a great accomplishment or you feel like you've done something really tremendous that has either helped the organization or, you know, or if you've done something great, you know, for yourself, um, write it down. Send a note. You know, I just, you know, wanted you to know that X, Y, and Z happened and I'm really proud of it or, you know, nothing like going, let's say you've saved the organization some money, go to finance, you know, see what finance has to say and get them to write the note on your behalf, you know, really proud, you know, Monique did X, Y, and Z and, you know, get that person to send that note on your behalf and copy you, you know, it's like you really do need to find those ways um, to champion. And, um, yeah, sometimes you do, you just have to step out of your comfort zone and do it. And then really get down to that evaluation, that self-evaluation, do not hold back. That section that says, you know, your accomplishments, that's your space. Do not be modest. Do not, you know, talk about, well, maybe, no, what did you really do? And I mean, if you do, hopefully you're doing it on a, on a, um, hopefully six months if you do it bi-yearly. But I mean, I used to have, you know, quarterly check-ins, you know, even before the six-month check-in, you know, do the quarterly check-in and say, hey, here's where I am, here's what I'm doing, here are the things that, you know, I feel really good about, here are the things I think I need improvement on. You know, sometimes they say, you know, we don't see that. Or they'd say, yeah. <laughs> and, you, and then you have something to work towards, but stay in their face about it. That way, she says, they won't forget about you at bonus or promotion time, which some of us know through experience they easily do otherwise. So many women get upset and offended when we're passed over for something, but certainly for my own part, I wasn't doing any of this when I was in a regular job. Other things Monique relies on to keep her on track? Lists. I'm a list person. Things absolutely absolutely you write it down you cross it off or you write it down and you keep it you know those personal ones you know I want to be married I want to have a child I want to have this you know the things that you know you write it down and then you look at it 
you know, and you keep that at the forefront of your mind, you'd be surprised how, how close you get to those things when you keep reminding yourself about them. That's a pretty neat segue, uh, <laughs> because you are, you're married, right? Oh my God, yes. And you're expecting a baby. I am, I decide to do it in like record time. So, <laughs> yes. Both of those things. Both of those things. So I uh, took over the company, I got married, and now I am with child. So all of that within a year. And of course, you know, there's been so much publicity about pregnant female CEOs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. How do you, um, when you think about all that stuff, like how you think, did you pay any, did you pay attention to all that oh, stuff? Oh, I so did. I thought, um, I thought she was great. You know, I thought she caught a really bad rap for, uh, you know, for her two-week maternity leave. It's, it's, I think it's a personal choice. I think a woman has to make that choice for herself. Um, she certainly made a, a, a space for her child to be with her, you know, at the office. She could afford to do so with her own money, and so be it. I think that's, that's not for any of us to judge. Um, but no, I, I watched that very, very closely, and um, and now I, I understand even more so what that means in terms of the culture of your organization, and what that means. I was asked not too long ago, you know, what kind of, you know, um, work-life balance programs do you have at Uniworld? And I said, well, none that I know of yet, but we'll have one soon, <laughs> since I'll be the guinea pig um, to do that, because I absolutely do see taking a few. A few months I'd like to take uh, the last two months of the year and um, and really bond uh, with my baby and uh, and be able to come back fresh in January. Um, but I know women that have taken six months and you know some that have even taken a leave of a year. And I think that's really important to be able to to do that um, and come back and not have lost too much ground. Um, but it's it has to be to your spec. I mean, I, I think as an owner. Um, and uh, and a leader of an organization for me personally, it's not something that I could you know conceive of. Um, I don't necessarily know for sure, but um, you know, but this is the situation that I'm in, and I know I have some responsibilities that would not allow that level of, of latitude. But certainly, if there's a woman on my staff that you know so desired, I'd I'd hope we'd be able to work with her, right. as well as the men. I think we leave them out quite a bit, <laughs> and and um, and I think they should be allowed to to do the same with their children. And I think we're pretty lopsided on that as well. Monique Nelson, CEO of Uniworld Group. When my recorder ate our first interview, she let me go back and ask her the same questions all over again. If you have any comments about this episode, you can weigh in at thebroadexperience.com or on the show's Facebook page. The Broad Experience is supported by the Mule Radio Syndicate. You are very welcome to offer some support yourself, either in the form of an iTunes review or a donation of any size, which you can make via the support tab at thebroadexperience.com. Or if you're feeling really generous, both. I'm Ashley Milne-Tite. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.